On this episode of the Morning Star podcast, and Jacob is following God's call to go back to the land, mm-hmm. and the night before Jacob encounters Esau, he's wrestling with yeah. God, literally. He's like, God, I will not let go until you bless me. Yeah. And you know what God does? He dislocates his hip so that yeah. Jacob cannot run right. physically. Yeah. Like Jacob is literally about to encounter a situation in his life where probably more than any that he actually wants the physical capability to run away and survive. Yeah. And God, God blesses him. Yeah. He names him Israel. He uh-huh. who struggles with God. Yeah. But also he dislocates his hip. The blessing of Jacob yeah. in that is trusting God and having yeah. no other option really. Welcome to the Morning Star Podcast, where we engage in meaningful conversations that display God's handiwork and encourage you to live a Jesus first life. This episode is all about sharing the story of God's faithfulness through personal testimony. So let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Star Podcast. And in a strange turn of events, da, 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 da. Jacob is on the interviewing side for this time, and I am your substitute host, Cooper Anderson. It's kind of like if you've seen Parks and Recs, I think of myself as that guy that's like, the thoughts for your thoughts episodes, and I am subbing in for this guy who's subbing in for... Anyways, <laughs> if you've seen it, you'll get the, you'll get the reference. Yes, yes, but, yes. It's um, a little weirder on this side of the table. I it is. Say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, my how the... tables have turned is that the statement oh how the turntables yeah how the yes that's (laughs) another the office reference (laughs) welcome to the tv hits podcast yeah cooper and jacob apparently we're like a minute in and that's what's (laughs) happening here um so yeah i i'm very excited to be able to interview uh jacob today and and to get his life story so that you guys can hear a little bit of the behind the scenes of what God has done in Jacob's life. You get to hear him interview other people and ask people uh, the questions, but we thought it'd be cool to kind of uh, flip that around and let let you guys hear a little bit about what God has done in his life. Um, the beautiful thing that we were talking about right before we we hit record here is is just the way that God takes every person's story and makes it Mm -hmm. so different. And yet here we are all together at the same church. Here we are, you know, knowing Jesus and being transformed by him. Mm -hmm. And I love, love, love hearing each person's individual story and seeing the journey that God has taken them on uh, to get to this point. So let's get into that right now. Yeah, 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 man. So let's start. Let's start a little bit of a, a get to know you thing here sure. first. Yeah. So, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. So, like family, where you yeah. work, yeah. you know, where you grew up, that kind of thing. I grew up near Yakima, Washington, which most of you have never been there. Some of you have heard of it, and I grew up in a small town called Sela. So it's high desert. Nice. So like not even Bend High Desert, where there's actually trees. Sure. More like farther Eastern Oregon. So like Baker city, if you've been over there a lot more like that, um, nice. grew up there all the way throughout all of high school, you know, same school system, same set of friends. Um, I have a brother who's a year and a half younger than me, a sister who we adopted, uh, when I was in college. So, uh, not as connected with, cause I didn't grow up around her. Um, she's sure. like nine years younger than me and things are a little rough there right now. But, um, 
yeah, I grew up with my mom and dad. Um, and I, yeah, came down to Oregon State, which is how I ended up in Salem. I got a job at Garmin and nice. uh, came up here, found Morningstar uh, through their website. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. I'm a programmer and that's how we church hunt, I guess. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like the Seahawks. I like board games. Um, I like music. I like talking to people. So there we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That last one, you like talking to people. Well, that yeah. explains the podcast. <laughs> yes. <thing>. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. That's great. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit of, of like some of your greatest passions, like out sure. of the things mm -hmm. that you love to do, mm -hmm. what, what gets you really excited to get out of bed in the morning? Like yeah. what are the things that, that give you uh, a lot mm -hmm. of excitement? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do enjoy my job. I'm a programmer by trade. Nice. Uh, I do embedded programming for like the one person listening who maybe knows what that means. <laughs> uh, and so I do enjoy that. I have really great coworkers um, who just make it a lot of fun to be around. Um, awesome. Hobbies wise, I do really enjoy board games. Um, almost the whole spectrum. Just, you know, you got to find the right game for the right crowd. Um, but I just love that. And I love the opportunities for um, interaction it brings. Um, whether that's, you know, person to person making jokes or whatever, or sure. thinking about it strategically. I really like problem solving, strategizing, stuff like that. Um, like I said, I do really enjoy a good conversation. Um, I have a fiance now. I really enjoy hanging out with her. Nice. So, Congratulations. Uh, thank you. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a lot of the things that get me out of bed. Usually what gets me out of bed is my alarm clock and 15 Ooh. minutes later than I want. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. Um, so kind of let's, let's get into your Jesus story a yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's start off with, uh, how long have you been following Jesus for? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's in itself a somewhat tricky question. Sure. Uh, I'm still kind of trying to understand and parse a lot of my story. And, you know, the longer, the older I get, the more farther away my story is and the less I remember about the bits. But um, mm -hmm. I grew up in a church environment in a Christian home. Okay. Um, kind of the way I've come to understand it um, is I think of like, you think of the Great Commission, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where it's, you know, go there for, and then it goes baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Sure. Right? Um, I was very much taught to follow Jesus, that Jesus was good, that he loved me. Hmm. Um, but I wasn't really shown what that meant hmm. um, or what like I the teaching to obey all that I've commanded you. That part didn't really uh, come up as much. Part of that, I think, um, is just... I think my parents kind of assumed I was getting that more from the church and then they kind of came to the understanding, just the church denomination I was growing up in. Uh, I won't say the name cause there's still some really faithful Jesus people in there. Yeah. That denomination, yeah, sure. but uh, like they're just kind of going through their whole thing with, you know, uh, do you, they do, do you trust the Bible? You know, how do you walk with Jesus? Like I didn't, I don't think I even realized that like reading the Bible for yourself was a thing Christians did until mm. I got to college. <laughs> wow. Um, so like it, it was just kind of like a complicated environment where um, I was kind of being pulled on by a few different theological camps without really realizing it. Um, 
And like, I remember I was super involved in my church youth ministry, like on the state level and all that stuff, running the events and all that. Um, and like, I remember at one point wanting to, we were plot planning, uh, plotting sounds so evil. We were planning, uh, the talks for a giant youth event. Um, and I'd been baptized in sixth grade and like, I really just wanted to follow Jesus. That was very important to my identity. There's also a heck of a lot of like ego and pride mixed in there of like, Oh, I'm following Jesus. I'm doing what's right. Look at me. So good. Right. Um, well, that's a lot of the common things I would say. I was very moralistic. Right. Sure. Um, but like, I remember I was at this event and asking like, Oh, what if we did a talk on evangelism? Cause like, I kind of knew what that meant at the time. Like I was probably a senior in high school. Yeah. So I kind of knew what that meant, but I was totally unaware of like the, trigger word that is to certain camps. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> I got laughed at by huh. one of the adult leaders. Oh, wow. Uh, and then he realized I was asking a serious question. He literally just thought I was joking. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, so that moment really stands out as one of, uh, several moments that like kind of exposed, like my parents weren't with where the church that we were going to theologically, but like we kept going there because small town, not a lot of churches. And we sure. did have friends in the church. Sure. Um, at least my parents did. We had friends in the wider church, but our town was so small. My brother and I were like the only kids our age um, in the church. So yeah, all of that, like I was baptized. I knew I wanted to follow Jesus. Um, and that was a core part of my identity. Hmm. Um, it really was. But I had like no idea what to do it. I heard a few things. I'm like, as far as I was aware, it's like, don't drink before you're 21 and don't have sex before marriage was how you followed Jesus. Sure. And then otherwise you'd be a nice guy. Yeah. Like that was kind yeah. of the, like if I took and blended all the things I was getting taught, like those were kind of the overlap. Well, yeah, that was kind of the areas that I picked up. Um, and so that kind of like, I wasn't relying on the Bible at all. Hmm. Um, and I was a very, very much a teacher's pet. Um, very goody two shoes kid. Just sure. always been a rule follower. Ah. It's probably one of the reasons why I like board games so much, no. but yeah. Uh, yeah, always been a rules follower. And so going into college, like I had, I had a few interesting things going on. Um, one, like I really prided myself on rules following but a lot of that was I was deriving what was right or wrong from my conception of reality hmm. and like what I thought about things. Cause I wasn't reading the Bible and it wasn't really like a lot of the Bible wasn't being taught at church. Um, or if it was, I wasn't listening. I, sure. <laughs> I was sure. not paying as much attention in high sure. school. So I do want to give that. Um, but so I just kind of came into college with the, like, I know what's right and wrong. Like I, within me am able to determine what's right and wrong. Yeah. Um, and then I go to college, I go to Oregon state, go beefs. And, uh, I am coming from a small town. I've had the same friends like all my life, basically. Sure. Like I made friends with a group of like one of my friends for all my growing up in second grade another two in sixth grade. And then like the three of us, my brother and I, like that was all the friends I needed, like still an introvert. So like, I really like having, like, I really love friends. I'm actually kind of a social guy. 
but I can't support a lot, a lot of friends. Sure. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. well, I also just really like having, you know, those like the narrower focused, like deep friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and so like, that was all I needed. Yeah. Like just the five of us and we hang out and do a whole bunch together. Um, mostly just play video games or play nerf or, you know, here yeah. at school, it's what you do. Um, and then I moved to Oregon state, uh, freshman year, I'm living on campus and, um, I don't know if it was like a lingering thing in my life already or, uh, and it was just exposed at Oregon state or what, mm-hmm. but I moved to a place where I had, I knew no one, yeah. literally no one from my hometown high school was yeah. registered at Oregon state. Okay. Um, the last person from my high school to go to Oregon state graduated the year before I came there. Huh. Um, and you know, it's a big campus. So I wanted to found them anyways. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't know how to make friends. Hmm. Um, so I basically went through the entirety of my freshman year, uh, friendless. Wow. Uh, it was, uh, I, tr- I waffle over whether I was addicted to video games or whether I was just really overwhelmed with anxiety and depression and using video games as a numbing agent. Sure. Like, is there even a difference between those two? Sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I played a lot of video games. It was like the only thing I did. Um, I did some IMs, intramurals, um, and that would be important. Um, but like I've been on campus, like you get there early for freshman orientation stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd been going to the college ministry that my church growing up had put on. Okay. Uh, Cause I was still wasn't as aware of like all the things that I'm saying now, I just wasn't as aware of. Sure. Um, and I was also thinking because I'm determining right and wrong, the perfect being I could be the perfect expression of humanity hmm. would be to turn myself into a human calculator. Hmm. So trying to push down all these emotions, you know, all this anxiety and depression, just be like, no, yeah. I just need to be a being a pure logic. Hmm. I know what's right and wrong. Yeah. Um, and then like, I just reach a pretty big breaking point freshman year. Um, I ended up going <laughs> this bit of switch, but, sure. um, I had had really negative interactions with people who said they had gone to young life in high school. Mm. Um, okay. Like the couple people that I knew who went were just people who weren't kind to me. Okay. And like in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, they were probably being ministered to by young life. Like sure. perfect. Like sure. they need to go. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, so I just had association that young life was, um, mostly a bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, but I get so desperate that three weeks into my first term, um, I get handed a pamphlet for young life college just randomly. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know what, like to this day, I attribute that to the spirit doing a work in me, um, through my stubbornness as he often has to do, um, to get me to go randomly. Mm -hmm. And I was still pretty resistant to making friends, not resistant, but I just had so much anxiety around social interaction that it was hard. And I was an awkward kid. (laughs) Um, but like I just ended up faithfully going freshman year. And I think like I hit a really rock bottom in fall term, um, just with depression, um, definitely should have gone to counseling did not. Um, cause I didn't think I'm like, Oh, I just need to repress these be the human logic engine. Um, but like there are times I was just crying out to God in prayer, just with how much pain I was in. 
Yeah. Um, and God was so faithful to me in those moments to be with me, even though I had no idea that God's probably like, Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> you're doing this to yourself, kid. Like, stop it. I you think can't, all of us have had one of those moments. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, you can't determine what's right and wrong. Yeah. You let me do that for you. Yeah. You can't, you know, be right and perfect about everything. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I went through freshman year, started making some friends, um, but still kind of unaware of the different, like, of the way I was living. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would end up getting more involved in Young Life. Uh, sophomore year, I also entered into um, a relationship. I was working out a summer camp with my old church, and there's that'll come back. Um, sure. And just a relationship in which, you know, I knew the rules were to, um, you know, not have sex. Right. Right. But like, that was it. I'm like, eh, whatever, you know, yeah. um, and just a really unhealthy relationship hmm. um, for the both of us. Just an unhealthy, like I was very much attaching on to it because I had no friends and, you know, hmm. like so very anxious on my end, too, and just not hmm. a great uh, relationship. And that, that's important because all of this, I'm like starting to go to young life. I end up going to a different church because of my work schedule. Okay. Um, so I'm actually hearing the gospel preached and people talk about like between that and young life, like these people read the Bible (laughs) and they say, I can too. Wow. And like this guy's challenging us to memorize Bible verses. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) What what is this? You know? Yeah. Um, and I I was not uh, hostile to the idea, but I hadn't quite learned that I was, you know, like I hadn't quite gotten through the deconstruction of my own, sure. like, oh, I'm right and wrong. Right. You know, uh, it's a whole different style than you were used to. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. sourcing my authority of my beliefs to God yeah. and his word. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I know some of you who grew up in a church like Morningstar, like, yeah, that's a, that's a struggle sometimes. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a struggle even when we've like committed to that intellectually, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I finally got to that place. I was at a summer camp working for my church where uh, the leader of the camp was a universalist, okay. so not a Christian. Um, her assistant was a lesbian pastor, mm. and then the third up was a deist, which mm. is a deist is someone who believes God created everything and then walked away. So again, not a Christian. Sure. Um, And so (laughs) talk about theological conflict at a church camp, right? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, And so I go through this summer. It's a terrible summer. So much conflict. I'm immature, right? I'm hurting. And we're all exhausted because we're camp counseling. Mm. You know, I say and do a lot of stupid things. But um, throughout that, like, um, I ended up, the girl I was dating ended up breaking up with me. And then uh, God ends up using a book that about like Christian dating hmm. to like convict me of like, oh, hey, uh, <laughs> so yeah. your heart's not in the right place. Wow. You're not seeking to put my authority first. Hmm. And like, I remember just a really, really big theme of my life in that time was like, Jesus is Lord. Hmm. Like he is Lord of my life and I need to submit every single part of my life to him. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter. Like I need to open every box, put that under his Lordship, listen to his word and his will, 
like, and then like at that point I started like really like engaging with the Bible. Yeah. I started really like engaging with podcasts. Like I just could not get enough of podcast sermons. Wow. Um, Cause like I, this whole world is being awakened to me. Yeah. Um, and like, I just, I felt God's spirit so much more than I ever had in my life at that point. Like I was like, mm. I'm actually trying to listen yeah. to God, you know? That's huge. Um, and I started realizing like, yeah, like I cannot determine right and wrong. I cannot be a human calculator. Like mm. God created emotion. Yeah. And he feels emotion. And if God is perfect, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then what am I saying by trying to do without what God has? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is... So that's kind of like the whole, somewhere between, like, I do think I started following Jesus at my baptism in sixth grade, yeah. but I don't think I knew what it actually meant to follow Jesus until I was a junior in college. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, that's when you really made it your own, you'd say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I would say I made it, I made it my own. I like actually submitted to Jesus's Lordship. Mm. Like, I think that's when, if you look at the Great Commission again, like yeah. the, I'd been baptized and I wanted to follow Jesus, but I had not been... I had not learned to obey all that he had taught. It's not like I obey it all perfectly now, but yeah, like yeah. I hadn't even learned, you know, <laughs> that, that was a thing, right? Right, right. Um, so yeah, that that's the long, messy version yeah. <laughs> of no, my that's story. Great. So um, a lot yeah. of what I'm passionate about um, are for people in similar situations. Of yeah. Just like, you know, maybe you're the general you, not calling you out specifically, sure, yeah. uh, but maybe, you know, you're a believer who follow, like is intellectually committed to Jesus and wants to follow Jesus and just doesn't know what that looks like. Right. Um, maybe you were like me and determining your own right and wrong and not, you know, submitting mm-hmm. to the uh, authority of God. Yeah. Um, or maybe you just don't like know what it looks like to walk like Jesus does every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know perfectly. Mm-hmm. I've uh, yeah. full yeah. disclaimer, yeah. but like, that was a big thing for me is like, what would Jesus actually, like we say, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. But do we actually live that out second by second, day by day? Yeah. Like what would Jesus do if he was the worship director at a church in Salem, Oregon? Right. What right. would Jesus do if he was hosting podcasts and programming? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a whole yeah. different thought process. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like that is a that is a consistent theme that comes back for uh, many stories that I've heard of people that have maybe grown up in a churched environment or, mm-hmm. you know, either going to church or around church mm-hmm. uh, constantly. Is that there's kind of like these these two moments that take place where, you know, I believe in God, I'm following Him, mm-hmm. kind of learning the ropes, that kind of thing. And then there is a, a time in, in life where through a set of circumstances mm-hmm. we go, I am sold out for Jesus. Like I yeah. I understand what it means to have his spirit at work in my life. Mm-hmm. He's transforming me. I'm in the word, that kind of thing. Yeah. And what's interesting is I feel like for people that grow up in the church, those those events tend to be like almost two different things, not, yeah. uh, not mm-hmm. exclusively, mm-hmm. but a lot of times and that and people that maybe have not lived a church lifestyle and come to Jesus later in life, those two events happen closer together Mm -hmm. because it's like their whole being is being transformed. So again, with the, the different ways that God shapes things there, it's, it's cool to hear that, 
you know, for someone maybe listening that has grown up in the church, maybe they haven't come to that moment yet. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, look and pray for those moments yeah. in your life that God might be, you know, tapping on your shoulder going, have you thought of me in this way? You know, have, are you, are you fully committed to me? Because I know much, much like you, my story had some of the same thing where like, yes, I, I came to, to know Jesus at an early age, but later in life, it's like, God said, you know, are you really committed? And then that changed me. So, so let's, let's unpack that a little bit. I, I want to get into that season that you had where you said there's a little bit of, you know, like freshman years, it was dark and, and anxious, that kind of thing. Um, so actually let's, let's maybe start there. Talk, talk to me about that season. Like, what are the things that you were, were going through? How did you get out of that season? Are you still in it? You know, what, whatever under the sun there. Yeah, that was a hard, hard season. I wouldn't say that season, like if I was to write a chapter book, like or book, sure. you know, and you know how the books have sections and then there's chapters, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. you got many chapters and sections. I wouldn't say that section of my life really resolved until the end of the start of my junior year when I fully submitted to Christ's Lordship and repented. Sure. Sure. Um, but like I was so really overwhelmed with social anxiety. Um, and that was creating, I think, generalized anxiety as I just didn't have community, um, lots of depression. Um, and I was really buoyed by that time, uh, generously by the spirit through prayer. Mm. Like, I think it was God's way of saying like, Hey Jacob, you're actually admitting you need someone else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in prayer and a lot of times in tears. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that was, uh, really difficult. Um, there was just a lot of pain. Um, and as I got, you know, you spend enough time on campus, uh, eventually, you know, you get jobs, like you're going to, like, I got, I, you know, you're going to start interacting with people and I did intramurals. And when I started doing intramurals in young life, I started developing some community there. And so I finally started to move towards a healthier place. Mm um, healthier. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. and then I finally started making genuine friends. So many of them are still my friends to this day. Wow. Uh, my sophomore year of college. It's great. Um, like I had my, um, to pull back the scenes a little bit, I got engaged this two days ago on Saturday and, uh, several of the people involved in my engagement were friends from mine from that timeframe. Yeah. Um, who just, who still really are just near and dear to me and who have shaped me in ways that n- not only do they not even know, I don't even fully understand. Sure. Um, but I'm definitely so grateful for. That's awesome. Um, so, so, yeah. so a little bit of God, a little bit of friendship and yeah, a whole maybe, lot of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe, uh, like you said earlier, you would have uh, benefited from a little bit of counseling had you had you oh, known a yeah. little bit more mm-hmm. than that. I, I did <laughs> end up going to some counseling sophomore year, but it was already towards like the tail end and I was coming out of things. And uh, I get good counseling mm-hmm. is what I can say. Um, I had one counselor, that first counselor I was there at the OSU program, who's, who was probably a fine counselor normally, but sure. Um, just said some unhelpful things. And then I got a new counselor who was actually like a, like a 
student counselor or whatever intern or whatever the master's equivalent of an intern is. Okay. And, um, he had some helpful things. The most helpful thing, I, non-believer, I would assume. Maybe sure, not. Sure. Uh, you know, counselors don't at a secular institution don't tend to reveal that. Sure. Yeah. I guess. Uh, and uh, like the most helpful thing he said is, because I talked about living in the tension uh, a lot, mm-hmm. uh, like cause that's where I was at at the time of like, this is the church I grew up in. This is like the church I'm a member in. And this is the things they believe. And like, I'm walking away from that because I feel all these things, but like, there's also some things going on um, where I'm like, well, as a, you know, moralist in recovery. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and young life really, you know, tries to reach out to people who, you know, don't know Jesus. Sure. And there's like a, still that egotistical part of me that was not like, was not grokking with the fact that, Hey, they're drinking underage. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, dude, get a little <laughs> humility. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he just like, what's wrong with living in the tension? Yeah. Like what's wrong with having that feeling? Like mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and that I think was probably the most helpful thing I got from counseling was just Mm. like, oh yeah, like I can feel this feeling and I can still actually, you know, not let it dominate me and control me. I don't need to avoid it. Yeah. Um, and that's still a lot of how I deal with my social anxiety today. There's a lot of prayer involved and it's it's so, so, so much like, yeah, I wouldn't say like I have clinically diagnosable social anxiety or anything like that. Sure. Um, I did at the time, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of just, you know, praying to God and realizing, uh, one thing that became big for me in that and my recovery from anxiety was, um, realizing that like, you know, uh, don't be afraid mm-hmm. of, you know, those who can only just, dest- I'm going to butcher the quote, right. But sure, don't be afraid sure. of those who can only destroy your body. Mm. Right. But be afraid of the one who can uh, destroy both your body and soul in hell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Reference Jesus talking about God. And mm-hmm. it's like, why would you be afraid of man? Yeah. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like only God has actually any authority, like yeah. all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Yeah. And that includes over the final destination of our lives. Mm-hmm. And like, if we truly believe that God is good and yeah. that spending eternity with him is good, like I have no need to fear death. I have no need to fear judgment, persecution, yeah. social isolation. Yeah. Because like the worst that can happen to me is that I have Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I will have Jesus for all eternity. Right. And we will get to live together in a restored creation that will be beautiful and wonderful and without sin mm. and pain. Yeah. And I am very excited for that. Yeah. Um, so a large part of me for getting over my social anxiety was like, what if, like, if this interaction literally goes entirely wrong mm-hmm. and I offend them so badly, they shoot me on the spot. Sure. Like <laughs> I've still got Jesus. Yeah. What yeah. do I have to lose? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Man. Well, that's cool to hear how, like, I think of how the Bible tells us draw, draw near to God mm-hmm. and, and he will draw near to you or reveal more of himself to you basically. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think it's cool to hear that as you kind of got more serious about seeking him in a real authentic way and he was mm-hmm. challenging you on some things, mm-hmm. yeah. he also began to transform you through, mm-hmm. through the friendships that he put in mm-hmm. your path. And yeah. Uh, you know, through maybe some wisdom and counseling and stuff like that. And um, 
because God just tends to do that in so many different ways. You know, mm-hmm. like there's, I don't think that the pray harder and your anxiety will mm-hmm. go away. <laughs> it's like, no, it can, can always be the solve for it. Right. No. Um, and sometimes God uses, you know, a bunch of different things to get us through those seasons. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people walk through those seasons their whole life and God is the sustaining force yeah. uh, that, that keeps that at bay. And I think, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, the, what rotates around all that mm-hmm. is that stronger relationship with Jesus will pull you deeper yeah. and give you a hope to cling to. And I think that's cool to hear yeah. like in a real experience, how that goes from like a almost theology concept to seeing in your life, how God mm-hmm. practically did that. Yeah. So, so yeah. how would you say, you know, I, I don't know if I'm picking out like a singular moment. It was more yeah, of sure. like a journey for you, but, but let's say, how how have things been different for you mm. since mm-hmm. your faith felt more grounded, more your own? Mm-hmm. What what has yeah. changed in your life that's been like, man, I would not be the same if I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. if Jesus didn't do that to me and now things are different in this way. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I think a lot of things have changed. Like I I don't think I would be alive without the intervention of Jesus in my life. Mm. Um, I really don't. Um, but, uh, like I, I went, so when I'm coming out of this season, I'm really getting into actually understanding scripture and actually learning it. And my church yeah. in Corvallis had like a class where like every Wednesday or every other Wednesday, one of the two, like for three hours, they would teach like the Bible or like some other aspect of like for a whole year. Like the goal of the class was like, what do you need to like be a Christian for basically the rest of your life? So they taught Bible, they taught like things about prayer. They taught like how it's like a little bit about apologetics. They talked about leadership. They talked about how to, um, they even talked about how to give a sermon and all that stuff. Um, but a lot of it was like, you know, the first term was just so awesome just to delve into the Bible. Um, and between that and just because I was deprived of the Bible, um, incidentally, most of my childhood, yeah. Yeah. like I'm just like <laughs> podcast, podcast, like read the Bible, read the Bible. Um, that was a, that's a big thing that's changed. A big thing that I'm passionate about is like actually knowing what this says. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, it's like, oh, darn, you know, you're like every evangelical on a podcast, right? <laughs> it's like, no, what scripture says. Yeah. Um, but it's true. You should. Sometimes those cliche statements yeah. are so true. <laughs> and we have wonderful yeah. pastors who give wonderful sermons. Yeah. But that's not enough. Yeah. Like. No. You get. Yeah. Re- if you're coasting through trying to live off of what someone else yeah. reflected on the Bible, mm-hmm. then uh, it's not going to transform your not life at all. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, if you do just the sermon and we'll throw in the Morningstar podcast, we can measure. Sure. Yeah. You get is. an hour a week and then plus an extra hour once a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not enough to like all the consumption of other perspectives and media mm. um, throughout the day. Like whether that's just music or other podcasts or like the news or just like being around other people, like constantly throughout the day, your heart is being transformed. Like throughout your whole life, you're being transformed. Yeah. And are we putting in the, like the effort and the, like, it's, 
I don't want to make it sound like a, you know, grin and bear it like thing that I even do by my own strength. Mm-hmm. Like God has very much blessed me with loving this part like, yeah. and loving to become more like him. Like yeah. I just, like that gives me joy and that's a huge blessing from the spirit. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. So, so like yeah. a deep joy that you feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just want to be like Jesus. Yeah. Like that's my biggest, like one of my biggest goals. Yeah. If not my biggest. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And it just makes me happy. Um, yeah. to think about and also I'm so far away but, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. aren't we all uh, so how yeah, how would you say but, that you deal with those moments that yeah. maybe come up that remind mm-hmm. you of of the past of of being in that situation where things were more lonely or socially anxious yeah. now, mm-hmm. I can imagine that those feelings would roll around every yeah. once in a while in different situations again mm-hmm. how are things different in how you deal with that now mm-hmm. on the other side of it yeah. So, um, fast forward a few years sure. to August of 2021. Yeah. Um, and I would say, well, and, uh, 2022, like the first half of that first sure. quarter third, um, both of those were seasons where I think my, um, I don't know if I would say I was, I was probably depressed. Mm. Like those were really hard seasons for me. Mm. Um, through various reasons, a lot of anxiety returned, Mm. um, just about, um, relationships in general. Mm. Um, I'd been single for many years and just had some not healthy, uh, not good relationship interactions in those seasons that really, um, and then that combined with other things that just made those seasons really hard for me. Um, and in those seasons I was uh, really buoyed by, um, consistently available community. Like Mm. I had both those seasons, my community group was just a huge, like blessing. Um, sometimes like it's honest, anyone who's in my community group in 2021 knows sometimes it was the source of the heartache, Yeah, but the consistent presence and the consistent willingness to be in each other's life. Yeah. Um, it's good through, even adversity. Yeah. Um, that was huge. Um, prayer. And one, one thing I learned during that time, I think was just like, it's okay to be upset with God. Mm. Like I can't pretend that I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, I'm not going to like, I'm not so with God, but I'm not going to talk about it during prayer. Like I can yeah. hide a secret from the yeah. person who literally yeah. knows everything. Yeah. Right. God's like, Oh, you pulled that one over. Oh, <laughs> darn. You're so clever, Jacob. Yeah. 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 Um, like, but that was such a huge, like, like there were times I just go on a walk around my neighborhood mm-hmm. and I would, I wouldn't be literally yelling at God. Mm. Like I don't do anger's not a great, like, I'm just not a very experienced, like, it's just not the way I'm, I'm too conflict averse to be angry. Sure. Um, but I'll be upset, sure. frustrated, disappointed, Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> classic yeah. cinnamons, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, I just sometimes be like, God, why is this happening? This hurts. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I don't see your blessing. I don't feel your peace. Um, and just taking that to him in prayer. Mm. And I at some point during those seasons, like came upon, came upon, I, you know, it's one of those things you write a story a hundred times and then you read it once in the new context and you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the scripture actually says this. Yeah. It's like, yes, yeah. you've read it a hundred times. Um, the spirit just needed to open your eyes. Um, 
the story, funnily enough, of my namesake, Jacob, sure. and the Bible. Uh-huh. Um, Jacob's famous for a lot of things in the Bible, including being a liar, you know, yeah. stealing his birthright. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> no, I give him a hard time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, he's also famous for wrestling with God. Mm. And throughout the whole of Jacob's life, like I encourage you guys to read this, read it. Like Jacob has dreams of God. He hears from God. Mm. He encounters God face to face. Yeah. One time. Wow. That I recall. Like I could be wrong, but uh-huh. I'm like pretty sure I'm right. One time. Yeah. That's when he's wrestling with God. Yeah. Like the closest Jacob ever was to God mm-hmm. was he was wrestling with God mm. because he did not like where God has taken his life. He's yeah. about to encounter Esau, his brother, after he cheated him after the yeah. birthright, right. where Esau has more, I, the Bible, men, but like implied yeah. like Esau could, you know, yeah. take out Jacob and all his whole family. Yeah. Um, and Jacob is following God's call to go back to the land. Mm-hmm. And the night before Jacob encounters Esau, he's wrestling with God, literally. He's like, God, I will not let go until you bless me. Yeah. And you know what God does? He dislocates his hip so that Jacob cannot run physically. Yeah. Like Jacob is literally about to encounter a situation in his life where probably more than any that he actually wants the physical capability to run away and survive. Yeah. And God, God blesses him. Yeah. He names him Israel, he uh-huh. who struggles with God. Yeah. But also he dislocates his hip. The blessing of Jacob yeah. in that is trusting God and having yeah. no other option, really. Man, that's so good. Um, yeah. And that's what God did for me. He put me in these situations in like August 2021 and early 2022 where like I was just so broken. I couldn't do it myself. I was depressed. Mm -hmm. Like I was coming face to face with like so many idols of my own heart. Yeah. Um, And like I had to, I went to um, biblical counseling at Salem Heights in early 2022. That was just so helpful. Mm -hmm. My counselor helped me unpack one of those idols of um, relationships and actually called me out on that. And that was really good. Um, Our biblical counseling program is Browning off of uh, Salem Heights. So yeah. I was at Salem Heights. At the and time. you're involved so in that. You, you've been doing yeah, this training. I have right? the training. Yeah. Um, so if you're at all interested in counseling, <laughs> I yeah. can first person testimony, uh, yeah. do it. You don't yeah. like need to be as broken as you think you need to be. Like I was mm. pretty resistant to wanting counseling. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I'm bad enough to need counseling. And I went mm. and it was such a huge blessing. Oh my gosh. Man. Yeah, un- unpack that a little bit. Sure, I know I know yeah. I'm interrupting a little bit, but mm-hmm. maybe there's someone that's that's on that fence yeah. and thinks that they they don't need it or whatever. Mm-hmm. What would you say to to yourself that yeah. maybe was hesitant at first mm-hmm. and then started going and saw how it yeah. how it changed things in you? The short version is if you're on the fence, you need it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you good. think you might need it, you probably need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very few of us are hypochondriacs of the soul. Mm. Um, the natural tendency of my heart, and I would assume that several other people's, is to like think we have, you know, control. To mm. think we have um, the capability to do it ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. very few of us are going to run into the direction in which we need counseling too much. Yeah. Um, so that's the the very short version. Um, 
But like if someone has told you they think you need counseling and it's a person who's like not just some random Joe Schmo on the street, right? But mm-hmm. like person who knows you even decently well, like do it. Yeah. Like yeah. worst case scenario, you show up and your counselor's like, no, you're good. And you know what? Mm. You have affirmation that this is what you're going through is something that someone who has helped people through so much sure. thinks you can handle yourself. Sure. Well, not yourself. <laughs> thinks yeah. you can go to God right. and you two will work it out. Right. Um, and like, that's great affirmation. Yeah. Um, talk about encouraging. Yeah. Um, and, and if you go and you're count, like, and you go through the whole program, like it's a, you know, the biblical counseling programs designed to be like max 10 sessions usually. Mm. Um, like, oh my gosh, there is so much growth, so much learning you can do. Yeah. Um, even as someone like, I knew the Bible fairly well going into counseling. Like, yeah. my counselor didn't show me any new scriptures. Yeah. Like, I'd read the whole thing. Um, He didn't show me any new scriptures. He didn't even show me, like, scriptures that I, like, there's one passage of scripture that, like, oh, one of the ones he had me memorized was right next to another one that I already knew. Sure. Um, And, like, we were going to have him memorize that one, too. But, like, just even the the way the Spirit can work yeah. when we open up our hearts to like receiving counsel, like I'm pretty mm. sure that's like half the book of Proverbs is like yeah. the person who accepts counsel is wise. Yeah. Like it's not joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very real. Yep. Um, and you don't need to be like, Oh my gosh, on the, please. Well, before you think you're on the level of like, I'm thinking about suicide, go to counseling. Sure. Yeah. Well, before you're on the level of addiction or your marriage is just hurting and you're so at each other's throat, like go to yeah. counseling. Yeah. Um, 100%. It's so much, catch it early on, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't wait till you've lost yeah. your limb to go see the doctor. Yeah. Um, you know, when yeah. you start to see the signs of an infection, that's when you go, right? Right. Um, yeah. So that's my yeah. encouragement uh, to you, to everyone listening. Yeah. Um, don't, don't be afraid. There is no shame. Yeah. Uh, John last Sunday, yesterday for us, mm-hmm. talked about like his pastor, John, that is just to mm-hmm. be clear. Sure. Talked about uh, his time in therapy. Yeah. Like this is not a thing that counseling is not a thing weak people do. Yeah. Yeah. It takes strength to open yourself up to outside counsel. And uh, I would, I would say there's, there's a humility piece in there too. Yeah. Because, and that's probably what people fight a lot is like, you're saying, I, mm-hmm. I can do it on my own. I can do it mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. And it sounds like, you know, the biggest thing is being, having the humility to say, I need community in my life. And, you know, yeah. uh, in whatever way that, that looks like. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, it's with a one-on-one person, yeah. <laughs> like getting in the weeds with stuff and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and and just another encouragement and theme that I'm picking up on from your story for for people listening is, you know, get yourself involved in in community and in the Word of God, and uh, those yeah. things will change you. I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with people that are that are struggling with things, and mm-hmm. almost always I will ask the questions like, you know, what what's your time in the word look like? Is it, yeah. you know, is it, is it healthy and full? And, mm-hmm. and also, you know, are you part of a, a, a life group, a community group, a small yeah. group, you know, whatever form. Mm-hmm. And often the, the answers to those are, 
well, I'm not, not really in the word too much. And mm-hmm. maybe I, maybe I go to a life group every now and then, or I don't have one at all. And man, mm-hmm. those, those aren't, those aren't the band-aids for everything. Right. Yeah. But boy, if you, well, especially with the word of God, if you don't have that in your life, mm-hmm. that's more than a band-aid. That is your your life source. It's like yeah. if you were a plant, that is your source of water going to mm-hmm. going to the the word because the word is God's word to us. So spending time with him refreshes, yeah. renews our soul. We're literally built and designed for that. Mm-hmm. And we're designed to be in community with other people. Yeah. And when either of those elements are missing, yeah the the problems start to manifest themselves yeah. right away and i know mm-hmm. for for like my wife and i if we didn't have our you know our life group our community yeah. group mm-hmm. man there's so many things we would have had to struggle through yeah. uh personally that that they've got our backs in and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and then if i didn't yeah. have the word of god man life would be so much different and hearing yeah. your story life would <laughs> uh, be yeah. crazy different because so the, the beginning of your story yeah. was vastly different from the end once you learned uh-huh. what discovering the word looks for yeah. looks like for yourself you know yeah. that's that's so good i uh there is a song, uh, artist music musician that i really like um who his name's kb a lot of people have probably heard of him. Sure, uh, yeah, he's famous in the you know niche evangelical Christian rap scene. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, he has a line in one of his songs that uh, God's not like my crutch; he's much more like my stretcher. Mm. Um, and that's so true. God's not just there to assist us in moving along ourselves. Yeah, like God's like, yeah, uh, <laughs> you lean entirely on me. Like, yeah. you know, don't just lean. Like, I'm carrying you. Yep. Uh, and so it's easy sometimes to like, like my life group, formerly known as a community group, has been sure. such a huge blessing to me. Like since I came sure. to the Lord, I've had wonderful small groups. Yeah. Like at my old church in Corvallis, like the only time I didn't have like a great small group was like when I was just moved to Salem and was still figuring out where to go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like literally as soon as I came to Morningstar, I got involved in the Nissan community group at the time. Yeah. And just have had the wonderful, wonderful small groups who are honest and supportive and encouraging. Yeah. And awesome. that doesn't mean there wasn't heartache. Um, yeah. But like, I think it's easy to forget that um, sometimes we feel like doing church things is an obligation. Yeah. But oh my gosh. God gave it as a gift to us. Oh yeah. Like, and that's that includes so, the hard so interactions yeah. with the people you don't agree with. Yeah. You've got to struggle through some of those. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? That doesn't, that's not our conception of blessing, but God knows that's good for us. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're waiting for church and community to be the perfect thing that never offends you, that serves yeah. you all this thing, you're, no. you're looking for the wrong no. thing and you yeah. will jump from church to church yeah. trying to find a place where you don't get quote unquote offended yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. Struggling through those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a family together, mm-hmm. it, it requires sometimes that you talk yeah. hard things out or go through rough seasons. Yeah, and if your if your faith isn't grounded in in the solid rock, which is Jesus, that never changes. Mm-hmm. If that's not where you're grounded, then then yeah, you're like these things are gonna mm-hmm. shift, and you're gonna get uncomfortable, and you're gonna yeah pick up and <laughs> yeah and go somewhere else, and then ultimately find yourself in the same situation mm-hmm. because churches are a collection of imperfect people seeking Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we hurt each other sometimes, yeah. you know, and 
the stretcher metaphor does fall apart in a little bit because sure. you're thinking like, oh, no one wants to be on a stretcher. Yeah. So maybe like <laughs> yeah. a water slide's a little better. Because like <laughs> sure. Jesus says, I all these things I've told you so that my joy may be in you. My joy be complete in John 15. Yeah. Like Jesus, like these things that Jesus did are so not that we can be happy just with him forever, but like even now. Yeah. Like the the most joyful thing you can do mm. is follow Christ. Yep. Follow him completely. Yep. That includes, you know, like spending time with him in prayer, going to his word, being in community with his people, serving him. Like all yeah. of these things are for our joy. Yeah. And it's just so, you know, you can go through the whole like, well, this, you know, just got to do it, knuckle, mm-hmm. grin and bear it. But like, think about the joy waiting for you. Yeah. Like, it was for the joy set before him that Jesus went to the cross. Yeah. Like wow. read the crucifixion passages. Those don't sound like joy. Yeah. But Jesus did it. Yeah. Because he knew the joy would come. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Do you have a, a, a life verse or something that stuck out to you uh. over the years or, a, or, or even, yeah, yeah. even maybe a theme that yeah. God's really stuck with you from mm-hmm. a passage of scripture? that you can um, encourage people with. Yeah, I've had to uh hipster to find a specific life verse. I, I'm like, oh, the whole Bible's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I've yeah. got 66 <laughs> books right. worth of life verses. Uh, it's, it's all good. Man. Yeah, it's, like, it's all good. I'm that guy. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, that one, um, that's been a big one. Um, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you. My joy may be full. That's in John 15. Um that has been a big one for me. Um, lately, the Sermon on the Mount, like not just one passage, like the whole thing, read the whole thing and yeah. like realize. So much good stuff yeah. in there. I mean, and so much, like if you read the whole thing out loud, it takes like 20 minutes. So yeah. it's too much for one sermon to cover. Uh-huh. But like read the whole thing, like read it out loud and realize like, oh my gosh, the mm-hmm. way this is set up and designed and flows into itself is beautiful. Yeah absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And it challenged, like it's literally the first teaching of Jesus in the new Testament. Yeah. Like he comes out, it's Matthew starts in Matthew five, Matthew four is the temptation in the wilderness. Uh huh. You know, he gets baptized, goes into the wilderness. There's, you know, some Christmas stuff before that. Merry sure. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and then Jesus comes onto this scene in Matthew and the way he sets it up, he stands on this hillside, this guy who just resisted the temptation of the devil. Mm-hmm. The first thing he says, this conqueror hero who the mm-hmm. Jewish people especially were expecting to be some warrior king. Right. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Literally the first thing he says. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing he teaches, not yeah. the first thing he actually says. Sure. Right. Um, right. But what a paradigm shift. Yeah. And I, that That's line huge. alone, like, yeah, the times I have grown the most in my relationship with Christ, the times I have come to just experience the pure joy and peace of having the spirit and relying on him mm-hmm. and just the times that I have been buoyed and just uh, held even by God. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the times when I, I think of poor in spirit as like lifeless. Like yeah. the times when you yeah. just, uh, the message says, blessed are you when you're at the end of your rope for with less yeah. of you, there is more of God in his rule. Yeah. Um, that one line and then just, yeah, so that's wow. a, that's a great one. 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a life risk. I'm too hipster to commit to that. Sure. But, um, but, but a big theme that's really helped you. Huge yeah, theme, huge theme. And then also yeah. just the whole, the whole thing yeah. has been such a comfort um, to me since yeah. I really started pouring into the Sermon on the Mount and just like trying to understand it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's Matthew. There's, there is a lot to live by in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's Matthew five through seven for those who are not familiar. Yeah. yeah. I once heard someone call it like the Christian version of the constitution. Like <laughs> Honestly, this lays yeah. out how to be yeah. a Christian and the paradigms yeah. to follow. Like not all the rules yep. just specifically, yep. but like. Whew. Yeah. Things and, from following God to how you think about others to how you yeah. act towards others. Uh-huh. That is a great place to start uh-huh. looking for, for And it those breaks things. you yeah. down. It's like, yeah. ah, yeah, uh, here, let me set this high standard. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesus caps off Matthew 5 with be perfect. Therefore, yeah. your heavenly father is perfect. And you're like, ah, yeah. I just was yeah. told if I'm angry, I'm a murderer. Right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That yeah. is so, so good. Yeah, so that's good. great. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, um, yeah. My my last question before we get sure. into uh, some fun little rapid fire questions yeah, here yeah. Um, is what do you feel like is one thing that at the end of your life when Jesus takes mm-hmm. you home, what do you be, want to be remembered for here on this earth? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think um, I once heard a sermon. Uh, that someone was just kind of is all biographical, right? See, so a lot of the information is basically like the, the conclusion of the sermon was like three percent of people end up finishing well, mm. um, finishing their walk with Christ well. And like, I mean, wow. if you count all the people who you know grow up in the church and walk away, sure, um, and then you know all the people who just like it's hard to walk through the valley of the shadow of death time and time again, even though God is with us. Hmm. Um, And so what I really want to be is like, I just want to be an old person who is known for um, just looking like Jesus. Like Hmm. I think of, um, we haven't got him on the podcast yet, but I think of like Terry Shike, right. Who's just like, you can see the fruit of the spirit, right. You can see, um, Oh, geez. I haven't memorized that. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, I want to be someone who rejoices in the Lord always. Yeah. Uh, with prayer and thanksgiving, lifts everything up with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be someone who people, like, more than from what I do. Yeah. Uh, I just want, like, people to look at me and be like, oh, uh, I can see... Like I look at you and I'm reminded of the way Jesus lived. Wow. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, that's a good goal. I'm 28, so I've got a long time to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I am just uh, really grateful that God will continue working. And I know there yeah. will be more times when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death when yeah. I have hard things happen. Um, and I know God will be with me mm-hmm. and he will use those to make me more like him. And what better joy is there? Yeah. Than being able to be with God and live the life that he is authoring for me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your life story, all this stuff. Okay. Few, few rapid fire fun questions. Just for, for, I'm probably stealing this from another (laughs) podcast that I've listened to, but I was like when they do it. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. okay. So chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Uh, Oh, chocolate. Okay. Uh, favorite sports team? Seattle Seahawks. Nice. The 49ers. Mm. Uh, car, place, or, <laughs> car, plane, train, or boat? 
for a travel? Uh, train. Train's really fun. Train. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. I do love train They're travel. Fun. Planes faster, so yeah. I like that. And I do work in aviation. But. Nice. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. Uh, I already know this answer, I feel sure. like, but Mac or PC? Uh, I'm a Windows guy. Yeah, 100%. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Meat and cheese sandwich or PB&J? Oh, meat and cheese. I don't nice. like peanut butter and jelly. Nice, yeah. Controversial, I know. Uh, what's your greatest pet peeve? Oh, uh, this is a pretty not lightweight pet peeve. Okay. But I really dislike it when people assume the worst of others. Oh, like when people just assume <laughs> the other pe- people who disagree with them on theological or political stuff are idiots or evil. Yeah. Without actually Dude. trying to take time to understand their view. Dude. So. <laughs> okay. Whole, no- whole other podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. And if you could travel to any era, past or future, where would you mm. go and what would you do? Uh, definitely the future. Nice. Because um, the past, I'm just going to die of disease probably. So, <laughs> you know, I, I know my history better than to know that. Yeah. Um, the future, um, I don't know where I'd go. Um, I would not want to go to another planet. That would be terrible. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I think like going to the future where they have like really good physical therapy that actually can fix my back. That nice. would be great. There you go. And then just come back and <laughs> yeah. you just change. I'll, I'll go to the future yeah. to Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it, it is. might be 60 years in the future. But, oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. That uh, last question was sponsored by ChatGPT. Not, <laughs> not really, but I did get it from that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, well, thank you so much, Jacob. Hopefully, uh, listeners out there, you guys have appreciated hearing the behind the scenes story on the guy that often sits in the host seat here Mm -hmm. on our our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, We're so grateful and blessed to have Jacob here at our church. Um, He is not a paid staff member, (laughs) but he puts so much time towards digging into other people's stories because... He has a passion for letting you guys know what's going on in our church, letting you guys know the stories that maybe you've seen someone, you know, across the room at our church, but never quite heard their story. Or uh, maybe you wonder about a particular ministry, man, Jacob is the one that's um, really helping to bring some of these stories out so that we can document those. And so that you can be encouraged. And uh, you know, there's like a few hundred listeners per per episode that that we're doing on this and it seems like people are really being encouraged so thank you so much Jacob for the time you put in thank you you for your time this morning yeah and telling us about your Jesus story and man all glory goes to Jesus and it's so evident that um what he's done in your life has transformed you Mm -hmm. made you into a new person and uh made you not the same and so (laughs) I encourage people like get get into the word get into community, mm-hmm. uh, get involved in church. And, and really the, the core to all of that is, is know God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he will transform you as you submit yourself to him. Yeah. Um, Amen. I don't know of a better note to end on than, no. than encouraging people, That's the one. <laughs> people to do that. So yes. thank you so much for listening. We will see you on the next episode. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I hope Year. you guys have a great 2024. Yes, um, and we'll, we'll be back with several other episodes. So we'll see you around. Bye, family. Thanks for tuning in to the Morningstar podcast. Join us again next time as we display God's handiwork and encourage you to live a Jesus first life.